Warning, the opinions expressed on this particular podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the guests alone. They do not represent the army, the police, or anything else. Simply our opinions, no one else's. Thank you and enjoy before I forget. Hey guys, Tyree here with Before I Forget, and today it's just a solo show with just me. Didn't really have a show planned for today, so we needed to put something up. We didn't want to leave you guys with nothing. That's kind of lame. I'm also still fighting this cold. It's not COVID. It's just like a sinus infection. So every now and then I'm going to stop and take a sip of tea. So... Today I'm going to tell a story about hmm, This one's going to be called The Man in the Truck So I'll get to that in a little bit I'm going to give you guys some updates on the show Tonight No, no, I'm sorry Friday night We're going to be interviewing Stamper and his wife Or Sabrina Stamper and Mike Stamper The Stampers Or however you want to put it Um going to talk about some of the things that we talked about with Stamper before and she's going to be able to put in her uh, two cents more or less about whatever we talk about so it's going to be pretty cool to listen to finally get the uh, perspective of a family member on the show so that's that's dope I love that Um, we have a bunch of other people planned we're not going to go into exactly who they are yet but Pretty cool people. You guys all remember them. Uh, if you were with Bravo 126. And, uh, hmm. I think that's about it. So, gonna go into the story about the man in the truck. Thank you for listening to Before I Forget. So, by this time in my career, I had already been working uh, Central for a while. Central Division, for me personally, was a really cool place to work. It always seemed like the Hollywood, not Hollywood, because you know there's always Hollywood, but the more high-impact kind of a place as you get to work. Um, if there's anything terrorist-related, you'd be right in the middle of it. And that's what I wanted, so... You know, while I was there, I went and got my UPR, so my rifle. Um, I was working in safer cities, so I wasn't on regular patrol. Every now and then, I would have to do foot beats, some crap like that. But mainly, we worked on Skid Row, which I wasn't exactly expecting. But fuck it, there it is. It's not, and it wasn't too bad. We had really good leadership the whole time I was there. So on this particular night. It was just me. In roll call, I was assigned in a uh, an XL car, so just an extra car. 
So, working all by myself. So normally, on days that I work all by myself, I really do try to take it easy. I might hand out a ticket or two, but it's gotta be for something serious. For the most part, only gay people tickets for fix-it stuff, you know, broken tail lights, shit like that. Just so, you know, I understand how things are. So fix-it tickets, it's not a fine against you. She's just saying, hey, take care of it. Anyway, uh, that night, I didn't even do that. I think it was uh, close to Christmas time again. So, I was driving around uh, downtown by the train station. I want to say right where Overa Street is. But up, up up the hill, not down the hill from Overa Street. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I think I was going to go to Simply Salad. I think there was a salad place like that around there somewhere, and I was trying to find it. So, as I'm coming around the corner, it's just me driving in the Crown Vic, the old Crown Victoria cars. There's this brown Nissan Forerunner. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Nissan Pathfinder, my bad. Driving kind of a thousand between lanes. And he almost hits a car and he straightens back out. I'm like, oh, shit. I, mean, I can't, can't just let this guy drive off like that, right? There's people around. People think that the police doesn't do their job as it is. So, you know, they just saw me not do my job. So now I'm going to stop this dude. Stop the car. Or light up the car, meaning I turn on my lights and sirens. He pulls over. I use all the lights, the uh, bright lights, and I point them at his mirror so he can't see me walking up. And I can see him move a little bit better. And I'm walking up to this car, <laughs> and the guy looks at me. He's like a male Hispanic, I believe, but he has long hair like a scruffy looking beard short beard he's dirty he's on something he's he's hot clearly on something he's not drunk either stoned out of his brain on, on I have no idea but anyway I'm like hey man you know I stopped he's like I don't know why you fucking stopped me but you're the fucking devil and I gotta get away from here I'm like oh shit before I can even get back to my car he's already taken off down the street so I'm running to my car, hop in, I broadcast, one FB, whatever, show me a pursuit, put out all the information, we're hitting streets, he goes down to, or towards, back towards the train station, and I know that there's this big curve at the end of the street, leads right into the train station downtown. I know that there's a curve there, I don't believe that he knows this, because he's going about 80. And I start to freak out a little bit. So now he's in, he's driving 80, 90 miles an hour. He hits a median on the turn leading into the train station. The car flips over. Hundreds of people running everywhere, trying to get out of the way, trying to get away from this guy. He's being crazy. Car flips over. 
lands on his hood, propped up on a tree. I hop out of my car, I'm running up, got my radio in my hand. Put out, hey, officer needs backup. See, old civilian injured. A high priority kind of call. I go walk up to the car. I see him crawling out of the passenger side. There's nobody crushed, thank God. Everything's safe. He crawls out of the passenger side of the car. He gets up and he sees me and he takes off running. And I'm running right behind him. I take out my taser. So I know that he's going to stop and I know he's going to want to fight. And I want to fight this guy. He's on something. And uh, I just came back to full duty after breaking my wrist after fighting somebody. It's not something I want to do. Sure enough, he stops. He turns around. He sticks his hands up. God damn it. Did not want this. Point a taser at his chest. Give him the warning. Say, hey, I might hit you with this taser. Or I'm going to hit you with this taser. I'm going to hurt, kill you. This is the warning you're supposed to give. I said, hey, I'm going to hit you with the taser. And bow. I pulled the damn trigger. These two darts flew out, stuck in his chest. These little bits of confetti with the uh, taser number flies everywhere. He looks down at the darts. He looks up at me, grabs them, rips them out. But what he didn't realize was as he's sitting there and looking around and looking at me and waiting to fall over from the shock, and I already started charging at him. I'm running at him full speed. Full speed. At that time, it was about, well, I am six feet tall, about 6'1". At that time, I was about 215, 220, because I was coming back from being off from uh, my wrist injury. It wasn't a lot of muscle, but it was a lot of mass moving at you. And I'm not like Carl Lewis or something like that. I'm not going to beat you in a foot race now. But back then, I was relatively quick. And uh, if I was just aiming to knock you down at that point, you got problems. So it's just me, and I'm running at him full speed. I'm not going to hit him with the th- in, with my wrist or my hand, so I break that damn thing again. I hit him with the forearm, almost like a clothesline, full speed. While he's sitting there pulling out those darts, he looked up, and I was about two feet away from him sprinting. Hit him in the head, elbow, forearm. We're down on the ground, rolling around on the ground, fighting for a second. I pull him by his hair. Drop that knee into his back, put my elbow in his spine, right between the shoulder blades. They'll pop their hands out. You grab that wrist, you hook, hook him up with the cuffs. Grab that other wrist, hook it up. Don't sit there and play with him. Don't sit there and try to hit it, get extra little hits in. All kind of dumb shit like that. It's over. You got him in cuffs. Put him on his side. You don't sit there and leave him on their fucking chest so they can't breathe. Put him on his left side. To the uh, backup shows up. RA shows up. They help us out. Load him up in there. Take him off to the sta- uh, MDC for process. Get the book and approval done by Levone. Everything's all good. 
one of the motor units shows up. He's like, hey, man, looks like you got a hell of a report to write. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Shit looks like it was out of a fucking movie scene, man. He said, yeah, it looks like it. He's like, nobody had heard except him. Like, yeah. He's like, well, guess what, man? We'll handle it. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, thank God. Y'all have no idea how much paperwork is involved with fucking reports. It's uh, so annoying. You can save so many trees and forests if you just did things digitally. But that's just how it is with the police. Anyway, get back to the station. Give us a collision. Give a statement about the police chase, the car chase, and all that kind of shit. And that's it. I get to go home. So that was that one story about the man in the truck. Alright guys, so thank you for listening uh, to Before I Forget for this little solo show. Uh, Kevin and I are going to be interviewing Stamper, the Stampers, so that's Sabrina and Mike Stamper tomorrow evening. Hopefully going to be putting that out on Monday. Uh, 080900 Pacific. And uh, yeah, should be good. Please like, share, subscribe. Listen, share, 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 try to grow it a little bit. Uh, and uh, we're going to keep this thing moving. Been having a lot of fun. We got a lot of big plans. Got a lot of big people want to speak to. Not just big in rank, but big in story. People that has stories to tell. We want to put those stories out. Uh, and I think that's about it for the day. We'll talk to you guys later. Take care of yourself. Loves you.